0: Proverbs 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I ask you today to, again, fill me afresh with your spirit. I need you to guide me your your sheep need you to feed them and Lord we thank you that you are faithful in doing that God that you are going to speak to everyone's life today you are going to uh, guide them in the truth of your word Lord that you are going to exalt your name through this time and so I pray now Lord that you would cause me to be spirit led in every way and that you would be honored and glorified in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a a young believer, I had some bad teaching. Bad teaching, in particular, about Proverbs. And that bad teaching caused a wrong understanding in my life. And what it did was it produced uh, a heart that questioned God's goodness, a heart that questioned God's power. And then the flip side of the coin was this. Sometimes it caused me to question, where did I fail Where did I fail in this situation? Because God, your word promises and whatever that promise was in Proverbs. And you see, that was the wrong teaching that I received. The wrong teaching I received was that Proverbs was filled with God's promises that we just needed to claim. And that's not true. Say, what? What promises are? This is my number one point for you to take home that will hopefully affect the rest of your life. Proverbs are principles, not promises. Proverbs are principles, not promises. And we need to approach reading them like that. It's it's key. Because otherwise you will struggle the way I struggled and maybe you are struggling the way that I have struggled in the past. Um, Let's talk about what this book of Proverbs is. Uh, proverbs was written around 900 BC by Solomon. He's considered the wisest person ever to live. That's what Scripture says in 1 Kings 4:29 and then verse 32. Uh, but what we have to remember are these promises are pro- or these pro- principles are God's principles, not Solomon's. Okay, and Solomon wrote over 3,000 proverbs is what it says in Scripture, in 1 Kings. So this is just some of what he wrote. But in God's infinite wisdom, these are the principles that God has brought to us for our life today. If there were any other of the Proverbs that Solomon wrote that God felt we needed to have, we'd have them. Because God is sovereign over His Word. All His Word is inspired by Him. It's God breathed, the Scripture says, for the purpose of of us being encouraged and and us being uh, directed in our faith. And so, what this book was originally titled in Hebrew, it was entitled "The Proverbs of Solomon." Makes sense. And uh, although he was the primary author, he was not the only author. There were probably two more, but they wrote one, maybe two Psalms a piece or uh, Proverbs a piece. So it's 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 primarily Solomon. And uh, this book was shortened to Proverbs, as we know it today. The word Proverbs means to represent, to be like. And here's a general outline of Proverbs if you're looking for one. Uh, Chapters 1 through 10 are counsel for the young. It's actually counsel for a young man who is leaving home and going out into the world. And he's saying, okay, here's some important stuff for you to know. So young people uh, read those first 10 chapters of, of uh, Proverbs and you'll gain a whole lot of wisdom and what it looks like to walk into the world, step into the world. It was how to choose and make friends, how to spot and avoid danger, how to build character. And then we have chapters 10 through 24, wisdom for godly living. And then finally chapters 25 through 31, wisdom for healthy relationships. One of the most famous chapters in the Bible is Proverbs 31. What does a godly woman look like? Uh, guys, as you are seeking a woman, uh, go to that uh, chapter and, and look at some of the things that it says. And Does this woman feel like that type of a person? Do you sense that? And Ladies, it's a great target for you to shoot at. It is only by God's grace, and you will never be able to attain that in your own strength or fully. But it gives you a target to shoot at, and if you have a target to aim for, you're more likely to hit it. Um, what we find is this, is that Proverbs... Generally, does this. It compares the familiar with the unfamiliar, okay? And it does so in order to teach guiding principles of life. That's what Proverbs does. Um, a proverb is a concise statement that exposes a general truth about patterns in life. That's what it does. Uh, you'll find that Proverbs are very descriptive and insightful, and uh, they are full of comparisons and similes, and they're in short sentences. This is called sentence wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Part of it is, is that each proverb can stand on its own. It's not necessarily dependent upon the one before it or after it. And when I say before or after it, I'm not just talking about, okay, Proverbs 4 is not dependent on Proverbs 3 or Proverbs 5. I'm talking about Proverbs 4 verse 4 doesn't necessarily isn't isn't uh doesn't isn't connected to Proverbs 4 verse 3 or Proverbs 4 verse 5. They're independent. They can be. Although there's a cluster of them. Like for example, chapter 23, the last 6 verses, okay? Just to say, you know, people say God's word is so out of date. Really? Uh, before I knew Christ, I had a problem with drugs and alcohol, and I'll tell you, you ever want to see what it's like to be high or drunk, and you have not been, just go to Proverbs chapter 23, read the last six verses, it's exactly what it's like, you see, God's word is relevant for today, and so there you have a group of verses that, that are focused on, the main, uh, on one subject, Proverbs in general can be very disjointed to read because we're trying to read it like we read the rest of the Bible. And we have to remember, these are independent principles of life that God has put together in the Proverbs. And they connect, but not the way that we would normally read the word of God as we look through Proverbs. Um, And here's the thing. These are principles that means that life does not always work the way Proverbs says it'll work. I'll give you some examples. Take a look. First one is this, just how it takes something common that people understood in order to help describe something that may be harder to understand. Like a gold ring in, the, in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. There were a bunch of farmers back then. They understood what that statement was. You know, we, we used to say you can't put lipstick on a pig. Well, that's probably taken off, off of this right here. It doesn't change. it; It's still a pig. And here it's just comparing. So you can see the pattern of Proverbs. It's like uh, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. Proverbs 18, 19. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like bars of a castle. You hurt someone, you offend someone, and to get that relationship back is very, very difficult. That's what it's saying there. It's like this, this city, a strong city, that has got to be conquered again. You see the wisdom in this, taking something that is common that people can understand or paralleling it and you're saying, boy, it's so hard, why do I have such a problem? Uh, you know, I, I said something or I did something and offended this person, and it's just like they can't forget. They just won't let it go. And Proverbs comes in and says, yeah, it's like a strong city. It's unyielding like a strong city. And so you start putting things together. You start seeing things, maybe in a different perspective as we read through Proverbs. Here's one, Proverbs 12:21. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Does that always happen? No, it does not. Okay, uh, no ill befalls the righteous. Are you the righteous in God's eyes through Christ? Yes. So no, no ill befalls you? No struggles? No problems? This room is filled with people carrying burdens. We don't even know what all those burdens are. So it seems like that's contrary. If this is a promise, and the, uh, the wicked are filled with trouble, I know a lot of wicked people that have really good lives. So what's going on here? What's happening? You see, if we claim these by promises, are these principles, are these general truths in life? Yes. But do they apply to every little detail? No. It goes on, Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Generally speaking, is that true? Yeah. Somebody comes at you, they're angry, they're yelling, they're screaming at you because they're mad, and you just say, hey, calm down, let's just talk about this. And generally speaking, people calm down. But does it always happen? No, it does not. Sometimes you try to bring this this, uh, soft, gentle answer, and they keep screaming at you. But does it generally work? Yes, it does. As my wife said, she feels that that verse in particular talks about a gentle answer, turns away my wrath. I'm angry and they're angry and we're yelling and want to yell at each other and we don't. So what happens is we have that self-control and God by his grace changes my heart. And so it does not stir up a harsh critical answer from on my part. That's true. That's part of it. But the other part is, is that it should turn away the anger of the, the other person and it doesn't. You see how easily it would be to grab these verses and to claim them as promises of God and then when they don't happen, we start questioning God's word. We start questioning God. How about this one? Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. How about that one? There are people in this room Right now, who raised up their children in the way they should go, and their children are not following Jesus. They're walking in the midst of sin. But you claim that verse. So, where's the disconnect? If it's a promise, then you're in the same place I was. If that's a promise, then that means that God is not fulfilling his promise. Why isn't God fulfilling his promise? Is God not good? is God too weak? Or maybe it's because I did it wrong. If I would have just done it right, then God would fulfill his promise. That's not a promise. That's not a promise. It's a principle of life that if we raise our children in the way that they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's, a promise, or that's a general principle in life. And does it generally work out? Yes. Does it always work out? No. It doesn't. That's hard to hear. I hear parents' hearts breaking. They talk to me. Struggles in my own family. And you go, you know what? That's that's a principle of life. Now, if I'm going to shoot for something, I'm going to shoot for the, for the percentages, right? And what Proverbs seems to me to be as it says, if you do this, generally speaking, here's what's going to happen. Not always, but here's what's going to happen. And if I'm going to play the percentages, I'm going to play the good ones. And then it goes on. It says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Now, to me, that's always true. That's always true. You got that statement in there, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower... Is a slave of the lender. You see, that's the thing that's amazing about Proverbs is this. Because they are principles, if anyone, a Christian, an atheist, an agnostic, anyone, if anyone, takes these principles to heart, they will avoid some of the most common mistakes in life and they will, their life will mainly turn out better than if they ignore the wisdom in, in Proverbs. There you go. So if somebody is an atheist and they apply some of these principles in their lives about turning away wrath with a gentle answer, will it work for them? Generally speaking, Yeah. It's not because they're, you know, we're Christians and they have to work for us and they don't work for anyone else. These are principles. So you look at that and you go, yeah. So somebody can take a look at the, the wisdom in God's word in Proverbs and read through it and apply it diligently in their lives. And generally speaking, their lives will avoid a lot of the pitfalls that life has. A lot of them. You know? Bad company corrupts good morals. Yep. You know, you hang with fools, it says, and you're going to be hurt. Hey, there's a lot of TV shows you can watch to see that. It just takes a bunch of fools and somebody to come alongside them, and they're caught up right into it, right? Sometimes even to the point of death. And that's what God's Word says in Proverbs. And when we look at Proverbs, almost every aspect of life is touched upon. That's why it's so incredible, the principles that are there. Parenting helps parents parent. Go through it and read it. How about marriage? How to relate to your spouse? We see all kinds of financial counsel in Proverbs, all kinds how to work. Talks about the lazy man. He's so lazy he can't even bring the food up to his mouth is what it talks about in Proverbs. It says, and he will not prosper. We get that, don't we, in this world? Hate to say it, but if somebody decides, I, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to live off of the, of the world or live off of society. And they never accomplish, you know, it, nothing happens in their lives. And you just, your heart is broken. But that's what Proverbs says. They're too lazy to bring the food to their mouth. He's talking about that they're not going to work for anything. They don't want to, and then they get the results of that. So if you want to be like that, then do this. So it talks about uh, working. It talks about uh, conduct. It talks about sexual immorality. You know, the prostitute calls you, and a fool goes to her. How much damage has been done to marriages by not heeding that proverb, the wisdom in that proverb, right? I mean, infidelity has caused more damage to marriages than alcohol or drugs combined. And you look in in Proverbs and you see the wisdom and it says, stay away, don't even go near. It says, cross the street. Cross the street, don't even go near it. That's the counsel of God, the living God, the almighty God to all of us who are married for anyone to run away from immorality is the point. Even if you're single, run away from it. It's the only sin that destroys your body and another's. And so you look at that and you go, here's some wisdom. He talks about charity in Proverbs and ambition. He talks about discipline and debt and character, things that are important. You know, a man of integrity will. You look at that and you go, wow. Proverbs 31 of a godly woman. And as I said earlier, alcohol, chapter 23, unbelievable. It's like you're on a ship, and the mast is moving, and a man hits me, and I do not feel it, and I utter words I do not remember. Can anybody relate to that? I can. So when people say the word of God is irrelevant, they don't understand the word of God. They don't understand the author of the word of God. He is infinitely wise. And he is pouring out practical wisdom right here in these 31 chapters in Proverbs. Proverbs helps us see people and events and situations, even from high and lofty things to common things, it helps us see them through God's eyes, from God's perspective, from God's wisdom. It's incredible to read through them. It's life from God's perspective. That's what Proverbs are. Take a look at the first couple verses in Proverbs because it it describes the purpose for Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Isn't this incredible? The, The one who wrote the majority of the Psalms, which deal with emotion, are King David. Then the very next book is his son, Solomon, who is writing about the will of men. And he writes, his his son follows through. What what an incredible pattern in God's word. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. He said that's what it's for. It's for those of you that are, are wise to become even wiser. It's for youth to gain understanding. It's for all of us to get guidance and direction on how to live this life, this godly life in God's world in a godless society. Because these principles are eternal. They're eternal. It's incredible how true, as you dive into the word of God, these proverbs will help us to understand and disting- distinguish truth from error. They'll help us to understand good from evil, wise from foolish. They'll give us ethical insight. And here's one. They will make us aware of consequences. You cannot read through Proverbs and not see consequences of wrong choices or consequences of godly choices. You cannot do it. They'll say, this is what will happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. You hang with a bunch of of fools and you're going to get hurt. So what it said, this is what this you do this, and this is what'll happen. Choice, consequence. Choice, consequence, choice, consequence. Over and over and over again. That's part of the, the wisdom of God displayed in Proverbs. You know, people say, I don't know how I got here. Well, let's take a look at a proverb here. Here's what happened. You know, you should have crossed the road, and you didn't. And you went in. And here's what happened in your life. It's incredible. You see, what it is, is that Proverbs is a guide to make wise daily choices that are consistent with God's ways. And I say that because of the definition of the word wisdom in Proverbs. Wisdom is used over 45 times in Proverbs. The root word for that is this. It is used of the skill of craftsmen, the skill of sailors, the skill of singers, the skill of people who can administrate. It's talking about skill. It's talking about the skill of someone. A wisdom is skill somehow. So... What does that mean in reference to God? What is wisdom in reference to God? As we look at the book of Proverbs, it is this. Wisdom is being skilled in godly living. Wisdom is being skilled in godly wisdom. Because wisdom is talking about a skill of a craftsman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's what it's related to. It's tied into. So that means Proverbs is wisdom in godly living. In living that honors God. So we as believers should be in this book, helping us to know what that looks like. It's practical knowledge. I love what um, what uh, Charles Swindoll said. He said it is vertical wisdom for horizontal living. There you go, vertical wisdom for horizontal living. And in God's greatness and in God's goodness. He says, "I'm gonna tell you the starting point for wisdom. Where do you start? You know, do you get a you know, full line of? I'm gonna go old school here. Encyclopedias. Remember that, all you old older people. Man, everybody, you gotta get a book. Got to get an encyclopedia set of encyclopedias. So where do we start? Where do we start with this wisdom? Where do we where do we where do we find it? What is what is?" The ruling principle, the foundational principle under this entire book of Proverbs, the starting point and the foundational principle is this faith in God. It's the gospel. That's the starting point. That's the foundation for everything that is done in this book. It's God, it's the gospel. That's the starting point. Take a look at God's word. Proverbs 1.7. This is the completion of the instructions on why Proverbs is here for us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom instruction. It says, the fear of God. Now that doesn't mean to be afraid of God. Although I think sometimes we need to have a little bit more of that too. It's talking about awesome reverence. This, this awe and reverence of who our God is. That we don't play with sin. That God is serious about sin. He is serious about holiness. And so we're in awe of who this God is. This creator of the universe. And we respond to him in like. Out of respect. And out of faith. That is the beginning of wisdom. Faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 through 31. Look at this. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us, look at this, wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is wisdom personified. I don't, I really have a hard time getting my head around that. But that's my problem, not God's word. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 16, For who has understood the mind of God as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Believers have the mind of Christ. It's important to understand this because when we're talking about wisdom, Christians have a unique ability to understand and apply the wisdom in Proverbs. We're not the only ones that can do that. But we have a unique ability to understand it and apply it because of the Lord Jesus Christ Because of who he is within us, if you're a believer, the spirit of God dwells within us. And he empowers us to walk in ways that we can't. I can't, Dan, just that simple thing, that a soft answer turns away wrath. I can't do it. I keep yelling at people. But the spirit of God can empower us to walk in wisdom, to open up our eyes to it. And he's saying, you know what? We have the mind of Christ. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes on in Colossians 2, 2b through 3. God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom we are, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, that's why the gospel is the foundation to the principles found in Proverbs. Because Jesus is wisdom, He is all wise. He is the one who understands all of life. He created it. Life can be more fully understood and enjoyed through a relationship with God. That's the foundation of Proverbs. It's that underlying thread, the gospel, that we were separated from God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we were enemies of God. I mean, do you how much wisdom I hate to say this, but how much wisdom are you going to give your enemy? In our in our flesh? Not much. But what happens is, is that we were separated from God. We were his enemies. And then Jesus comes and he lives that perfect, sinless life for us. And he goes to the cross and is punished brutally for each of our sins. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And it is by God's grace, he opens up our hearts to see our desperate condition. By God's grace, he sent his son. By God's grace, he calls us to himself. And we receive that gift of salvation and our sins are paid for. Our, the, the, the power of sin is broken and the spirit of God dwells within us. And now we have the mind of Christ. We start desiring things we didn't desire before. And we start wanting to do things different. Why? Because of the Spirit of God working within us. And the things that we want to do are so much described in Proverbs. It's the mind of God working in our hearts, delighting in those Proverbs, saying, I don't want to do that, God. You see, before you probably wouldn't, before I wouldn't have crossed the street when I saw the prostitute. Why? Because the Spirit of God didn't dwell in me. I didn't have those desires. God is working, and He's saying, I'm making you more like Jesus, Dan. Trust me. Okay. He's changing our desires. It's part of that transformation that the Spirit of God works in us. That's why I say it's Jesus who is our wisdom, He is the foundation of the book. Of Proverbs, He is the one who changes our, our desires. He is the one who empowers us through his spirit to walk in the ways that are, de- are laid out in Proverbs. It is about Jesus from beginning to end. And one of the reoccurring principles, we said this is a book of principles of life, one of the reoccurring principles over and over and over again is this. That if you choose wisdom and follow God, you will be blessed. And if you choose to reject wisdom, then you will suffer shame. You will suffer possibly even death. That's what it says over and over and over again. Take a look at God's word. Proverbs 1, 29 through 31. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore... They shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. Wow. I mean, the weight in those verses. The weight. What's it saying? You choose to walk in a way that honors God, you'll be blessed. You choose to walk in a way that does not honor God not wisdom, and you won't be blessed. You're going to suffer the consequences. Look at Proverbs three thirteen through 18. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and, and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Are her paths always peace? Not always, but in the long run are they? Yeah, they are. See, principles of life. Then it goes on in Proverbs 335 The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. That's what it says. And finally, Proverbs 10:21, "The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense." Boy, maybe you're even thinking of someone right now who has died because of some stupid thing they did. And you just look and you go, "It's reflected here. You just look at that, and you just God's word just blows me away at how practical it is for me today where I live the wise follow Jesus divine wisdom that transcends history that transcends chronicle age that transcends cultures is the borrower a slave to the lender yes how long has that been true as long as this earth has been in existence how long will it be true as long as this earth is in existence, right? Transcends time. The truth is here. Like a gold ring in a pig is like a beautiful woman without discretion. How true is that for history? Does that transcend cultures? Absolutely. Absolutely. It transcends cultures. It transcends time. It's God's wisdom. It transcends age. Young child can see this and say, you know what? I desire that in my heart, in my life. I don't want to be like that. I want to be something different. I want to be that Proverbs 31 woman. And so you work at that. You desire that as your goal. And you can be a young girl or you can be an old lady. Old is really depends how old you are, right? I'm 64, going to be 64. So, you know, I used to think like 50 was really old. Now I'm 64, and I'm thinking really old is like 90. (laughs) So you fill that gap in, or whatever you want to. You see, the wisdom here in Proverbs transcends all that. Why? Because it's from the transcendent God. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. That's who wrote this book. We will save much, not all, of our heartache and trouble and be blessed by God if we follow these things. You can read a proverb in seconds. You can memorize it in minutes, but it will take you an entire lifetime to apply it. Hear that, brothers and sisters. That's why I want to say this. Here's an application point for all of us. Try to read a proverb a day. There's 31. Today is the fourth. Go home and read Proverbs number four. Read through it. And in your small group this week, maybe you want to talk about what maybe things are you looking at in Proverbs that, that you were kind of looking at as a promise that maybe you have to realize, you know, they're not a promise. And how did that affect your life? How does that affect your view of, of moving forward? How are you going to move forward? Wisdom is available and accessible to all. To all. Take a look at God's word again. Proverbs 1, 20 through 23. Wisdom cries aloud in the street and in the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you, be, will you love being simple? How long, scoffers delight in the scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, if you turn at my reproof behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. Wow, that's powerful. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. That is a promise. Okay, That is a promise. That's a promise in the word of God. You lack wisdom, you ask for it, God will give it. You stand on that all day long. God, I don't know how to deal with this situation. I need your wisdom. He will give you his wisdom. That is a promise in the word of God. You stand on that. Psalm 14.1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. There's a picture of the gospel right there, isn't it? And Proverbs 13.20, whoever walks in the wa- with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. We had a song that we used to sing with our kids with that. The companion of fools suffers harm. How true. You see, the foolish ignore and spurn Jesus' divine, infinite wisdom. And when they do, they suffer serious consequences. And I want to say this. A Christian can make foolish decisions, but they are not considered fools in the biblical sense. Hear that. Christians can make foolish decisions, but they are not considered fools in a biblical sense. Because in the biblical sense, a fool says there is no God. And we know there's a God. We can make still some really dumb decisions. I know I can. You see, a fool does not lack mental ability. They can reason, but they reason wrongly. They believe that true is false and wise is foolish and good is bad. That's what's happening in the church today. There's wrong teaching. There's sinful teaching. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you just believe it. It doesn't matter who you love, what gender they are. It doesn't matter long as you love them. No. You see, that's deception that's happening. Truth is being replaced by lies and accepted as truth. And the den- denial of God is often accompanied by a wicked, destructive lifestyle now on this earth and ends in eternal separation from the Lord, the cost of being a fool. And that's a biblical term. Psalms is a book of emotions. It talks about man's emotions. It's incredible to read through it. Proverbs speaks of the human will, primarily choices in life. That's what it speaks of. Proverbs, again, are principles for life, not promises from God. Hear that. Hear that. Proverbs is godly wisdom that will produce holiness that will replace foolishness and evil. It'll help you walk in a way that honors God. And the fruit of godly choices is a better life, not a perfect life, not a painless life, but a better life because it'll be filled with satisfaction in Christ. Your hope is not everything working out just the way you want it or that everybody you respond to responds just exactly as Proverbs says it could happen, but rather because Jesus is always your Lord and Savior, no one can take him from you. He is the foundation of all wisdom. He is the one who gives wisdom, and he is your Lord and Savior and friend and advocate, and we can become satisfied in him. And so I conclude with this statement. The choice is yours. You can either do life the easier way, or you can do it the harder way. And you can find the d- two ways in the book of Proverbs. Let's pray. Lord, we stand in awe of you today. Thank you for this wisdom that is so eternal. Is from you, God, not some man. God, we look at your word in Proverbs and we are amazed at how it is relevant for us today. And so, God, I, I pray that you would cause us to desire to honor you in all we think, say, and do. And God, I pray for those who maybe have, have looked at Proverbs as promises and are struggling with, with why they're not fulfilled, maybe blaming you or blaming themselves. So, God, would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? Would you bring wisdom to us? Lord, do this so that your name would be glorified in all ways through our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.